Okay, are you ready? We're going to answer today, who is Jesus? A biblical answer. So let's start off with number one. Jesus is the Word. I want you to look with me in John chapter 1, verse 1, and John chapter 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I just want us to stop right there and understand Jesus is God. He is not just the Son of God, though that is his title, and we're going to talk about the Trinity in just a moment, but he's not just a created being like I'm a Son of God because I've been born again. He is God himself. Now, let me explain to you the Trinity. I don't, of course, have all the time today to get into it, but this scripture just messes up a lot of people who don't believe in the Trinity. The Jehovah Witnesses, who are my friends, and if you're watching, call me. We need to discuss this in person. But the Jehovah Witnesses actually have to change this scripture to take away Jesus being very God, the same God that was in the Old Testament by the name Jehovah, that they'll actually put in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a lowercase g God, was a God. But you see, that is not what the Greek says. That is not what any um, you know scholar would translate it to be. It's very simply, Jesus is God. Now, how do I know the word is Jesus? Go back with me to verse 14 in that same chapter and read the whole chapter of John. Matter of fact, read the whole book of John if you haven't, and it will just really clearly discuss who Jesus is. But verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. You, you see, here is where I have to touch on the Trinity. You see, at the beginning it says Jesus is God. Well, God is the Father, the Son, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 says, Baptize in the one name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That one name is the Jewish uh, name, Yohevahe, which is really four consonants, Y-H-W-H, because they didn't write with vowels in the Old Testament. We only have the consonants. Yohevahe is how you pronounce those four consonants. That would also be the same name that God gave Moses on the mountain when Moses said, or, or rather through the burning bush, Moses asked, Who should I say to the Israelites has sent me? God then replied to him, Say, I am that I am has sent you, basically meaning the self-existing one. Well, Jehovah is the English transliteration from the Hebrew vowels changed from Yohevahe with uh, the consonants, rather, with vowels put in them to Yahweh, then Jehovah comes from Yahweh. So we can call God, the one God, Yahweh, Jehovah, the great I Am, or the self-existent one. But who is he in person? He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one divine being, one divine name. Now, look back again at 14, and you see that so clearly. Clearly, it says, we have seen the glory and the glory of the one and only who came from the Father. You see, God has 
uh, three distinct persons. So if we say, oh, God is separate than Jesus, well, then that wouldn't make any sense because in verse 1 it says, the Word is God. But when you get to verse 14, you see that God is a person, the Father. God is a person, the Son. God is a person, the Holy Spirit. So now you can understand Jesus can be God. And yet he's not the father at the same time. So that would answer so many questions of who ran the universe when Jesus was on the earth. And how did uh, you know Jesus have a body when the Bible says God is a spirit. And all of these questions that people try to take away the God nature of Jesus. Well, it's answered very simply that there are three divine persons. And the father is not the son and the son is not the Holy Spirit. Though they are one divine being, they are three separate persons. So I hope that you understand that. And just if you don't pull anything out of all that I just shared with you about the Trinity, then hopefully you pulled out of this, Jesus is God. Well, that's wonderful. Let's go on now to our second point. Jesus is Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. Look at Matthew 1.23. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Now, isn't that so awesome? It just says it so plainly again. If my name is God with you, then wouldn't that just be uh, uh, just the truth that either I am God or I'm an idiot? You know, his name was God with you, God with us. Why was he called God with us, Emmanuel? Because God, through the person of Jesus, was with us. And here's how you can look at it very simply. The divine spirit of Jesus, who had always existed in all eternity with the Father, he was there at the creation, he had always existed, came down and took on flesh. So Jesus wasn't born, he was just taking on flesh the day that Mary conceived a child. That wasn't Jesus' start of his existence. That wasn't the start of his existence. That was just the start of his eternal spirit being given flesh so that he could live his life as a man and then die as a man for our sins. We're going to get to that in just a moment, but the person of Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. That's what Emmanuel means. God is now with man. God is man. All right, now let's go on to our third point. Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew 16, 15 through 16 says, But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Peter and the disciples at this time are following Jesus, and Jesus wants to test them and ask them, Who do you say that I am? And if you read that whole passage of Matthew 16, you find out that they gave him a lot of crazy answers. Uh, excuse me. Some people thought he was raised from the dead, uh, a dead prophet like Elijah who had been raised from the dead and just popped up on earth. So some people thought he was John the Baptist reincarnated. A whole lot of silly things were being said about him. But Peter, as a revelation from God, says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. Now, let's talk about what this means. The Jewish people who had been brought up from Abraham's family, and then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Moses brought them out of Egypt. The people of Israel, the nation of Israel, were of the Jewish faith, believing in the one God of the Old Testament, the laws of Moses, and they believed, like how David was a king, that there would become a, a, come a king that would bring the whole world under his rule, and that Jerusalem would become the center of the world, and this king would rule the whole world. 
Now that was the term they called Messiah, which is Hebrew for anointed one. That's what Messiah means, anointed one, it's Hebrew. But Christ is the Greek word for Messiah, and it means anointed one. So Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. Christ simply means Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus, the Messiah. And this was a title of a king. Now, how the Jewish people missed it and eventually uh, had a large part of crucifying along with people who didn't like his message was because Jesus had to die for sins before he came, would come and rule the whole world. They just thought the king would come, conquer the world, Jewish people would be the only nation on the earth, and from that point on, the king rules on earth for all eternity. That's really what they believed. But they were not thinking about the other six billion people like today who are alive that are non-Jewish people. You see, Jesus had to be first the suffering servant that is prophesied in Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 53 and Psalms uh, 21. One, you see, all of these prophecies point to the, the Messiah not only coming and ruling as a king, but also being our Savior. Which brings us to the next point, Jesus is the Savior. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, And for this we labor and strive. Paul says, man, I fight for this, I work hard for this. That we put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. You see, what Jesus did dying on the cross was not just a good man dying for a good cause. He was the Son of God, the eternal Spirit of God the Son, come down in flesh and now taking upon himself all the sins of the world, all the sorrows of the world, and all the sickness of the world, so that at his name every knee would bow and confess him, Lord, forever to the glory of the Father. You see, Jesus came to redeem, to buy back mankind. We have been sold as slaves to the devil because of our own sin. Your sin and my sin puts us under the rule of the devil. And Jesus Christ had to take our punishment. He wasn't just Braveheart, you know, dying for his people. Freedom! You know, I love that movie. But he was more than that. He was the God-man being the sacrifice for all men's sin. And the only person that could be a sacrifice is a perfect, blameless sacrifice. And no one has ever lived sinless. That is why God himself came down to be the sinless, once and for all, sacrifice for our sins. And now let's go to the next one. Jesus is the gift giver. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, he breathed the Holy Spirit onto the disciples. And then he said, now go wait in Jerusalem in the upper room until the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh. And then sons and daughters will prophesy and y'all are going to go out do miracles and have revival. Hallelujah. What Jesus did was when he died on the cross, he didn't just forgive us of our sin, though that would have been awesome in itself, have a ticket to heaven, but he then gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. That means the kingdom of God comes down to earth right now. When I was born again, the Holy Spirit came into my life. So the gift of salvation not only gave me a place in heaven, but it also gives me the kingdom of God here on this earth. John 3, 3 says, Jesus speaking, no man can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. 
will take the opposite of that. Everyone sees the kingdom of God when they're born again. So the gift Jesus gives us is the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit moves through us to preach, to pray for people, to see miracles, just like how I've seen many miracles in my life. I've seen other miracles in people's life. Why? Because Jesus, now he's in heaven, but he sent the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and the gift of the Holy Spirit gives us power Dunamis power, that word right there, you shall have power, you will receive power, is the Greek word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. We receive dynamite, explosive energy when the Holy Spirit comes in us to conquer all of our sins, to live in victory. Amen. Let's keep going. I know you're being blessed. Amen. It says that Jesus is the judge. Matthew 16, 27 through 28 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. You notice the Trinity there again, the Father and the Son. There they're working together. And then He will reward each person according to what He has done. I tell you the truth. Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, and the Son of Man, 100% God, 100% man, come on, is going to judge the world. The angels will be with him, kind of like the police that are in Judge Judy's court, but it's going to be a lot more serious. And you know what? Every person will be judged according to what they've done. You will be judged, and I will be judged. If you have not accepted him as your Savior, you will now be judged according to your sins and one sin condemn your soul to eternity in the lake of fire. My friends, it's important to know Jesus as your Savior, and I'm going to give you a chance to do so in just a moment, so stay tuned. But I want to finish with the last point, a hallelujah shouting point. Jesus is the King of Kings. Revelation's last book in the Bible, 19, 15 through 16, says, He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. You don't want to be who God steps upon on Judgment Day or Armageddon. He says he'll squash people like a grape. That's how the devil's going to be treated, squashed like a grape, squashed like an ant. That's how all of these terrorists who continue to harm people, Hitler, they will be squashed under God's vengeance. Our God is a loving God, but he's also a judge. And verse 16 says, on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me ask you a question today, friends. Are you ready for that day when Jesus comes back? As surely as he came, and the world has split time from A.D. to B.C. His name's the most popular name in the whole world. The Bible's the most popular book. As surely as he came, he's coming again. And he's going to judge you. And he's going to judge me. And he's going to set up a kingdom on this earth. Paradise will be on earth. We're going to be judged by him. And if, we're not, if we do not have our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we'll be cast out of the kingdom and sent to the lake of fire. Hell is not the last place. Hell is just a temporary place until judgment. Then everyone, including the devil, gets sent to the lake of fire. It's a bottomless pit. It's pitch black. And it's a fire that burns and never stops. My friends, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus today, the one we just talked about, Jesus the Word, Jesus God with us, Jesus the Messiah, the Anointed One of God, Jesus the Savior of the whole world, Jesus the Judge of all mankind, and Jesus the King of Kings, if if you don't have a relationship with him, you will be cast out. Would you pray with me today? Make it right with God. 
and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Pray this with me, everyone that needs to. Bow your head and close your eyes. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you today because I admit that I am a sinner. And without you, my life would perish. Today, Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of all of who I am. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, today, make me a new creation. And write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Put my name in reservation up in heaven. So that when you come to establish your kingdom, I will be welcomed to serve you as king. Thank you. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have just received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to call this number right now. I'm going to send you a free booklet, Welcome to Your New Life, Seven Steps to Spiritual Growth. It's going to help you on your spiritual journey.